Hello to all my fine pagan friends. You are here once again with me for another of Pagan Perspectives podcast. And this is the last show of 2023. Moving into 2024, we've got a big year. We've got a lot of things coming up. We've got classes. We've got rituals. Uh, I'm getting ready to publish uh, a reemergence of the CX Wiccan Voice which was one of our landmark uh, newsletters that came out many, many years ago and has been out of print. And I think for our tradition and things like that, that it's cool to bring that stuff back. But what we're going to be doing today is I have been enjoying some very fine cannabis. I'm feeling awesome. Hope you are too. But today we are going to be talking about Thou art goddess. We're going to be talking about divine energy, the divine feminine. We're going to talk about where thou art goddess comes from and what that means. And we're going to be celebrating the diversity of the female, the life giver, the earth mother, and all these things. Uh, you know, it's like, I think... A lot of things, uh, you know, we're also going to talk about where men fit into Thou Art Goddess and so on and so forth because one of the things that I will cover today is the fact that other than, you know, uh, uh, it, it was a long time before hetero cis men started to embrace uh, the ideas of Mother Goddess and different things like that. Because it's just, you know, that masculine upbringing is you tend to think, you know, that you don't need that kind of energy in your life. But we do recognize the duality of the Lord and Lady, the God and Goddess, male and female, that it takes two to procreate, to make the earth habitated with all of the humans that we have now. Sometimes we can say that that's a bad thing because of what's been going on. But I think, uh, as an example, you know, the earth is our mother. The women that are on the face of the earth are the, the earth mother themselves. So you, are, you are a walking, talking embodiment of the goddess and the earth mother. You're a life giver. You're a life sustainer and stuff. So it's, we've got a lot to talk about today. And uh, we're going to have some good music. And, oh, and also, we've got uh, some things coming up uh, that we're going to let you know about. Uh, we're doing this show. And also, what I say at the beginning of this show is uh, feel free to pass this show out to friends, family that want to know more about pagan traditions, witchcraft, ceremonial magic, Anything we've got a lot of episodes, so there's a lot to choose from where you can, you know, just listen and enjoy and just see where, you know, one perspective that comes from, you know, where where I see things and other people and the interviews that I've done with some really incredible people and stuff. So I think the one thing that was, you know, that separates us from the idea of what the Christians 
always put it out, put out about women was that women brought original sin when they ate the apple and stuff. And it's like, it's always a scapegoat. All it is is, uh, you know, the masculine energy not, not being able to, like, own up to their own stuff. So what do they do? They have to have a patsy. And, you know, with that, that story in their Bible, you know, it's like that's the thing. And we have, you know, we have so much. It was during the early times, like for the beginning, like what people don't realize is, yeah, there were gods and goddesses of everything over time, even during the caveman period. But one of the things, though, is with that area of time, it was mostly a sympathetic magic. So there wasn't so much of a goddess conscience as there was it's just that there was gods of everything and stuff and certain ones did have female attributes and other things because of their their animals and various stuff but what had happened was as man advanced and learned to grow food and to to raise livestock and you know to be able to have the ability to be stable and stationary in a land and set up tribes and societies and communities and things like that. You know, that's also when the rise of the grain goddesses and, you know, a lot of the Greek, Roman and stuff, goddesses like that came to the front because we were we be- becoming more agrarian, we were becoming more stationary, and so that gave people the ability to have uh, they're kind of their own national identity. But with that national identity made the ideas of the, uh, the, the female water spirits and the fairies and all these different things, the idea of the goddess energy started to get really, really going and stuff. And even outside the idea of, you know, Mary and, and you know, all these other things in the Christian, uh, you know, thing. It's like, I think there's a little bit more of a, uh, I don't know, a parallel. I, I think it is a parallel because of our, our existence and our development. But I think when you're looking at the pagan goddesses from every tradition, whether it's, you know, Bast or Isis or Freya or Inanna or whoever, there is a woman out there that identifies with that that that's why when you identify with that goddess you kind of become connected and when you become connected that's when you become a part of that goddess so literally the term thou art goddess not just because of the fact that you are a woman upon this plane and upon this planet but thou art goddess because you're a part of the goddess Period. If no ifs, ands, or buts, you can't get around it, and stuff. And these goddesses that speak to your heart, that speak to your mind, that speak to you magically, speak to you in meditation. These are the ones that women, you know, women have role models in the idea of, uh, you know, the idea of what a goddess portrays. That's the thing, you know, you're not just looking at the image of a woman. You're looking at a power that they have for their society. There was women that were 
the, had the power of battle, bringing of, of resurrection, bringing people back from the dead, healing, uh, Bridget of inspiration, uh, all these different things. There's so many different of love. Uh, you know, you have Aphrodite and all this and, and uh, uh, you know, the there's just it's it goes on and on forever. And, you know, you have local gods and goddesses, the goddesses that might not be so well known, but were known to the people of your family, of your heritage, whether you were Norse or, you know, Irish or wherever. There was always the local legends of this goddess or that goddess or this female spirit or that female spirit because, you know, that was a thing. And I think one thing is because the earth is our mother. I think the earth mother manifests the work of the gods and goddesses through the spirits that live here, us, the Nixies and, and, and all the Nixies and Pixies and everything that's here on this planet just waiting to be found. And it is so much of a dichotomy, you know, we think of the loving side of, 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 of female energy, but also there's the fierce side. Look at Freya. Uh, look at the Valkyrie. Look at uh, Celtic women, how they would fight by their men. Um, you know, all these different things. There were strong and warrior women, Boudicca. And, and you know, with the list goes on and on. It's like, you know, women are powerful and strong. You know, the loving side is there. But when defending your land or your family or, you know, whatever, there were fierce and honorable women that were just, you know, above, above the reproach of anything else. I mean, you know, uh, they have Joan of Arc, and uh, the Joan of Arc, one of their own, they put to the stake and condemned for witchcraft. That was, that was bad. That was a very bad thing. I don't. I just never really understood that whole situation. Um, you know, you have the women that uh, at Kildare, the the uh, priestesses of Bridget, who keep the eternal flame going. Well, now they're the nuns at Kildare that keep that flame burning. And there are also pagan women that are a part of that sisterhood that help keep it going. And it's like, it's so cool. And then you have like Demeter, the grain goddesses, keeping us alive by the food that we grow, the going into the woods and forests and finding the edible plants and still finding the animals that, we could hunt to feed our clans. It's like, you know, those those beings that fed our that fed our people for the centuries. Those are the animal spirits that live in the forests, and it's like it is just so cool to think of all. And it just it transcends the goddess energy transcends species, not just human, uh, the the human idea of the of the feminine. But think of all the mothers in the animal kingdom, mama bears and mama kangaroos and mama hippos and mama snakes and everything you could think of. You know, that, you know, that gender, that, that 
the energy and and you know it it's just so it's so palpable you know and just to, to clarify this i know that there are trans people and stuff so i'm just saying that for anybody that however you identify uh, and 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 honor the feminine for everybody it doesn't matter i'm just clarifying this that you know that feminine energy if you claim it thou art goddess now one of the things, I don't know how many of you out there have read the books, but there's an author called Robert Heinlein. And Robert Heinlein wrote a, a book called Stranger in a Strange Land. And in that book, there was a uh, basically a religion that was you know embedded in that book, and it was called the Church of All Worlds. And in one of the modern Church of All Worlds that we have, here in the United States that was founded by uh, Tim and Morning Glory Zell, uh, gave us the idea of thou art goddess and thou art God. But the idea of this is the fact that the, whenever the woman would walk to the man in circle and say, thou art goddess. See, we know who we are, but whenever we are addressed in that manner when when someone of the feminine comes to us and says that thou art goddess to us we recognize that and we see that you know it's that dichotomy there's that connection even though we are different we even though we're apart we're together men and women are together but when we look at our our component parts of our psyche and the way that we are within society and the world and within the magical realms and things like that it's it's good to understand what those energies are and when the you know that's why with the idea of men who had trouble coming to the goddess that's stubbornness you know that's just guys that think well i don't need to do that blah 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 but the thing is whenever i very first came into witchcraft and pagan practice and such that was the important part of it it was like because I had been dealing with the Christian God forever and there was no there was no reality to it because it didn't recognize a you know the the feminine side outside of you know what they had with Mary and and some of these other things but that was about it there wasn't any real real acknowledgement but in paganism and in witchcraft we recognize that the male and female are in everything and the purpose is there to bring all souls through this life and into the next. And you keep on going and you keep on going. And to do that, you need that connection between the positive and the negative, the male and the female and stuff. So it's like, and and the, the other thing is like, we, we tend to, another thing I think the guys appreciated was the idea of the nurturing not saying that men cannot be nurturing, but I'm sorry, but my mom always was the best nurturer of me and my brothers when I, we were kids and we got sick. You know, mom would come in there and check on us and bring us our dinners and bring us our medication or whatever. And, you know, she could have been doing something else, but, she, you know, she was our mom, but she took care of us. And, you know, she made us feel good about ourselves. Like, it's all right. You get to be out of school for a few days. 
you know, and it could have happened when something good was coming on in school, so we didn't know. But it was just like she was the one in our household that we looked to that, you know, we could get up and get up and, you know, just know that she'd scratch our back or we could get up there and sit next to her on the couch and stuff because sometimes my old man got a little bit jealous and didn't want to sit real close to mom because he thought it made her nervous. But she didn't mind. She'd sit there and rub our back and tell us silly stuff from the day or ask us questions about school or whatever. So that, that was our family dynamic. But that's another thing. I think uh, another reason why we're doing this podcast today is like, I think sometimes even women don't appreciate themselves that don't look into how important they really are, you know, in a way that because some people are so distracted and detached from themselves that it's like they don't know how to be, they don't know how to exist in this world. Whether they're pagan or not, there's a lot of people that are just like that. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a minute. We're going to give you a little bit of music. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the movements that have come up that deal with the Divine Feminine uh, and some of the things that we've learning and the idea of where is the goddess in your practice? How do you acknowledge the goddess in your everyday life and stuff like that? So having said that, give a listen to the music and we will be back here in a bit. was a wonderful song i hope you liked it we're gonna keep up with some good music here and again in just a little bit but we're gonna keep on talking about our topic 
of this last episode of 2023. Help us reach where, you know how close we are? We have been getting so many downloads every day. Uh, I think the highest I've had in one day was like 100, which was pretty good. But uh, I'd love to get to 2,000 by like the second week of January. So send this link around. Let people know that, you know, there are pagan podcasts out there that are for them that they can check out. You can check it out as you're driving to work or doing laundry or sitting out in your temple or whatever. You can listen to the show anytime. And we appreciate you all, everybody that listens out there uh, in the United States and around the world. I've been doing this for a long time since I did the blog talk radio show. Done a lot of really amazing interviews and, and covered a lot of really cool magical topics. And, you know, one thing we've got to look at, too, is the idea of, you know, how we even learned about this in the first place. Uh, other than the fact that we, lo- you know, we took a unit of, you know, some kind of world history and things like that. And a lot of the lore of the countries and things that, you know, we learned about, you know, the Greek gods and the Roman gods and some other things. We learned about Isis and different things like that. We learned about May Day and what have you, but we never really went. In school, they don't really teach. I wish they had a pagan studies. If if public schools had a pagan studies block or an elective, oh my God, it would be so cool, but I don't know if we'll ever see that. But it's something to work towards. But, um, you know, we had everything that started to come into the United States in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s, and stuff like that. And, you know, back then, especially in that time, times were changing for women. They, it was still an oppressive, an oppressive environment, but you have to look at the idea that with rock and roll in the 60s, uh, the political upheaval and foment, there was a lot of uh, free, 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 you know, free love and stuff like that. And a woman was not afraid to be herself sexually or otherwise. It was just like they wanted to, you know, be a part of it and not be held down. And it was at this time that we started to get, you know, uh, people that were, you know, bringing the craft over to the United States, or people that were associated, like people with that were associated with Lady Sheba, and we had uh, Sintana and various other uh, priestesses that were getting things going in the United States, you know, for generalized covens. But then we started to see the idea of the women's movement. And in the late 70s, early 80s, we started to see this with the Budapest, uh, the Dianic movement. And then we also had with the idea of the one of the greatest things, I think, for women in witchcraft was the fact that Drawing Down the Moon, written by uh, Margot Adler, and uh, the uh, Spiral Dance by Starhawk were both written on the same day, Samhain 1980. And that was so cool because it was like, you know, women were, uh, you know, starting to be able to express themselves in circle that wasn't something strict, you know, that wasn't a strictly, you know, paired off Gardnerian group or just some, you know, general pagan uh, people 
that were mixed. There were starting to be women that wanted to follow the divine feminine, that wanted to go into these ways. And it's like, you know, you still have, uh, you know, the reclaiming movement with Starhawk and, and Maka Nightmare. And you have Teethorn Coil. And you have even from the fairy tradition itself, you have people like uh, Cora Anderson and uh, folks like, uh, oh, what's the lady? Oh, Anadia Judith and others that were, you know, experiencing Church of All Worlds and stuff like that in those early years. And it was a time for, you know, the goddess, you know, there's, there's, there's goddess rising events and things that have been going on. Uh, goddess weekends. We have here in Missouri at uh, Gaia, there's the goddess weekend every year. Also, the gentle, the men have it too. We have gathering of the tribes, which is cool. Everybody can do it, but there's one I think is specifically that's for men. But for the women at Heartland, the, the, the space on Gaia, Every year they have the the uh, Goddess Weekend, which I think is so super, you know, because the the those that want to travel from around the Midwest and around the country can come, you know. Then we had pioneers within the craft that were, you know, starting to bring out the idea of of women uh, as goddesses and stuff within you know the craft, such as Selena Fox and Lori Cabot. And, uh, you know, even people across the, the, the pond with, uh, you know, her background in Alexandrian witchcraft with uh, Janet Ferrer. And, you know, even going back as far as Patricia Crowther and uh, Doreen Valiente, you know, there's so many people that inadvertently have helped us to, you know, follow that. And um, I think that's a good thing, you know, because men can see, you know, that uh, that the world is re- the worldview is not really as narrow as we make it out to. There's a wide swath of things that we can see that could, if our hearts were open to it, allow us to find the idea of goddess spirituality the divine feminine, even the feminine spark that men had. We have estrogen and testosterone. So it's like even that, the, we are we are perfectly mixed. Our DNAs are conjoined forever. And it's the same way with the mortals that are here on this planet and how we interact with the gods. And, uh, at, oh, and another thing what we're going to do is we're I'm going to give you some ideas. Sometimes people have a little bit of trouble, you know, figuring out how they want to, you know, do studies and do things uh, that work with goddess energy. And uh, in, in their own personal practice, this isn't just for us as CX Wiccans, it's for everybody out there, regardless of your tradition. Druid, as a true, whole nine yards. Because it's like, I think the more that we interact with the goddess, I mean, the, the, the goddesses and, and the gods are going to assume that everything's A-OK if you're not taking the time to communicate with them. Our Sabbaths and Esbats are communications with the gods uh, a lot of times for a purpose that, you know, fits our, 
you know, our Covent Grover group, uh, at, minus the people that do this, the solitaries. But a lot of time, it's just like we can be a little bit, you know, just like grocery storing the gods, you know, it's like we need this and we need that and stuff like that. But it's like, I think another thing is whenever we're, we're sad and the world's beating us down and all this stuff, we can talk to the goddess the same way as if we were asking, you know, to, to you know, send healing to our brother who has cancer. That's a very important thing. Never be afraid to ask the goddess for healing because that's, that's one of the, her greatest, you know, values is nurture through love. And uh, I believe that the gods magically want us to succeed in life. And to do that, we've got to live it as healthily as possible. So, you know, whenever you have those days where you've got headaches, that won't stop. Uh, upset stomachs, full-on colds, broken bones, uh, just feeling depressed. Depression is just as bad as having a broken leg, you know. And it's like there's things that you can do that, you know, can help bring that energy. Like one thing, if anything, if you just, you don't want to, uh, you know, make a formal appeal or anything, take a favorite candle, anoint it with a favorite oil, light the candle, think of the goddess that you are in affinity with that resonates and, and, and speaks to you and is the one that you want to forge a connection with, and just light that candle, give the goddess just a few minutes of thought in your, from your direction, and you'll see that things can magically start working. You know, do this once, twice, three times a week. You know, some people say do it seven times a week, every day. You, you work up to that, because I, I admit that sometimes people, as people, we forget stuff. Uh... Another thing is simple daily things. Whenever you're cooking dinner for your family, cooking dinner for yourself, whatever meal that you make, uh, you know, make it in honor of Demeter or some other goddess of agriculture or animals, and you know, give thankful to the goddess that supplied, you know, the, if you're if you're a meat eater for that for that venison or that beef or that pork or whatever, it's like that's my one thing is. Like, I'm a person that I am, I am omnivorous. I will eat meat. But I believe that, you know, we are, you know, we have always been consumers, you know, not just of the, of the vegetable world, but I mean, just everything. Ever, ever since we were cave people and we've had to do it, but it doesn't mean that we have to disrespect our food. Like farmers, pagan farmers, are some of the coolest people because they honor their animals before they take them to slaughter. There's I've known pagan farmers that have done rituals before they take their animals to market. They do rituals before they're taken to slaughter and stuff like that, and they are honored for what they give. And that's one thing is what we can do something simple like that is just, you know, thank the goddess for your food. Thank that grain or, or goddess for, you know, giving you life and sustenance. But also, you know, in your bedroom, uh, you can have a goddess figurine of some kind or a candle or some kind of quartz or stone piece that reminds you of a special goddess. And, you know, go through uh, that and, you know, just 
do these daily things, little stuff. You don't have to do big, witchy things. Although you can, I'm going to talk to you about some of that here in just a minute. But another thing is I highly recommend, if you can find a copy of these two books, to kind of, and they're they're from uh, within the 80s. They're written by Janet Stewart Farrar. They're called The Witch's Goddess and The Witch's God. And there are stories and lore and all kinds of information in both of these books about the gods and goddesses. But I think the thing is, it's like, that's another thing. Uh, Even though you may be akin to one specific goddess or, or a couple, if you're a pantheist or whatever, that, you know, there are stories that are about the gods and goddesses that are outside of what you work with that are fascinating. So it's like, Find out there are many different. Go- there's the uh, Encyclopedia of Gods and Goddesses by R.J. Stewart. Uh, there's so many books, so many videos on YouTube about the gods and goddesses put out by authors and scholars and things like that that talk about how important the goddess was to you know pagan uh, pagan evolution for one thing, our evolution, the goddess. You know, outside of, you know, it's like the idea that, you know, women had to be put down, uh, you know, from the, from, the, from the get-go in the Bible. You know, Eve ate the apple, that's it. There is no, nothing like that for us. We don't have to worry about, you know, being such a burden to society. Pagans don't want to be a burden to anybody. Pagan women and the goddesses themselves are the most beautiful beings anywhere. It's because, you know, they have empathy, they have sympathy, they have the ability to, you know, separate bullshit from not bullshit. You know, w- pagan women are very wise. That's why they're called wise women. These were the women that people would climb mountains and sit and talk to to learn stuff. There were the women that knew everything about herbs. I mean, it's like... There are just so many things that, you know, that the goddess has imparted to the feminine energies here on this planet that you can't believe it. And so there's many, 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 many ways to, you know, find that within yourself. Definitely to find that within yourself. So what we're going to do is I'm going to go get something to drink Fill my cup up here real quick. And while we're doing that, we're going to give you some more music. Uh, yeah. We're going to go ahead and, uh, okay, I've got just a song. And then we'll be back after that. And we'll kind of wrap things up and get ready to tell you what's coming up in 2024. Some other cool stuff and all that. So, yes, we will be right back. Here in a minute with some music, and then finish off the show.
on my own by the holy thorn. Sona, and on my honor, I love that song. I love good pagan music. Man, if you want some great 
And that's another thing to honor the goddess. Get you some good pagan music. Uh, Gaia Consort. Uh, goddess Chant uh, uh, Tapes. Stuff by Spiral Rhythm. Uh, Omnia. Uh, Fawn. Uh, Medieval Babes. Uh, Wardruna. And stuff. There is so much good life-affirming goddess music out there. Go and get it. Um, but nah, it's like, you know, I think it's time for all of us, men and women, to understand that what thou art goddess means. To know that, you know, there is a divine feminine that is strong and, 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 and fierce, but also nurturing and loving. And the mothers of witchcraft, Freya and Hecate, and, and just so much other that have given us the secrets and the mysteries, the things that we do at the crossroads when we bury the, the, the amulets in our backyards and, and the various things that we do under the moonlight with our brothers and sisters, making love and everything else that we do, we do for the gods. The great rite brings man and woman together in perfect love and perfect trust. So, yeah, that's the way it is, you know. It's it's up to us to really capture what it is to understand that thou art goddess. I want to take a few minutes to let you guys know about some things that are going on. And I want to thank you for hanging out with me today for this podcast. Man, it's, it's the last one for the year. But there's going to be more. Um, you know, like one thing that we've got getting ready to happen uh, here pretty quick as I'm finishing up the touches, getting some articles written, and we are reviving the CX Wicca Voice, which was a newsletter of the tradition for uh, CX Wicca, which Dr. Raymond Buckland brought about in 1974 after the writing of his book, The Tree, a book of Saxon witchcraft. And that is our tradition, Raven Temple, of CX Wicca, that's H-R-A-F-N, that's how we spell Raven, and, um, you know, it's, it's so, it's so cool to, uh, be able to honor Dr. Buckland, he has passed, and stuff, but we are starting to see a resurgence of, of, you know, of, of witchcraft. We're an Anglo-Saxon tradition. We're heathen. Uh, we do follow the book, uh, uh, The Tree, and we do follow Big Blue, but we also do incorporate Bloat and Sumble and some other Anglo-Saxon uh, uh, traditions into our practice. And so we're going to be bringing this back together as kind of like a, a capsule of what is going on with the movement of of witchcraft, of CX Wicca, and we've got some people that are uh, have have added their voices. Uh, Alaric Albertson and some other folks have written articles. And if you're out there and you have any inclination about what CX Wicca is, or if you understand a lot of the inner workings of traditional witchcraft, we would love to have uh, folks that would like to write articles. For the next upcoming, we're going to try to do this four times a year. This first, uh, this first run is going to be limited. We're limiting it to seventy-five copies, 
and uh, these first 75 will be free, although donations to cover uh, uh, mailing and shipping costs are appreciated, but not required. And after that, we will figure out a way to uh, uh, possibly sell each issue for a dollar or whatever as a means of at least covering the the postage because we're never going to make it big. It's probably going to be about six to eight pages, but it's just going to be things to, you know, uh, you know, for us to concentrate on what uh, witchcraft is in our heathen and Anglo-Saxon ways. So we've got that coming up. If you would like a copy of the new CX Wicca Voice, a journal of Saxon witchcraft, then just get a hold of me at my email address, which is sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S 93 at hotmail.com. And just uh, let me know that you would like a copy of it. And then when it goes to press, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take everybody on the list and I will contact them for uh, addresses and arrangements to send their copies to them and stuff. So, yeah, and then also things that we have going on. We just celebrated Yule. I hope you had a great Yule. Our Yule was incredible. We ate a lot. I ate a lot of cookies. I had cakes. I had fudge. I had a lot of fudge yesterday. I'm still eating fudge. So my holidays, uh, we had a great ritual. We had some mead. I'm getting ready. Also, I'm getting ready to here like tomorrow or the next day. Pitch a whole new batch of mead because as long as I've got a one and a half gallon bubbler, I'm always going to have eight to ten bottles of some really good mead ready and willing to go in my refrigerator. So that's going to be cool to look forward to. But also what we've got coming up here this coming week, we're going to be doing a talk about witchcraft and the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. How does it fit into our practice uh, and ritual work. We're going to talk about the origins of the LBRP. It comes from the Golden Dawn and some other things. So we're going to be doing that here at the old at the old temple homestead, my home. We're going to have folks here that we're going to be doing um, this with. And then on the 24th of January for our full moon ritual, we're going to be doing the, uh, the Rite of Woden's Ravens, which is something that we're going to be doing new as well. We're going to be trying to foster more connections with our our groups, uh, gods and goddesses, and for us it's Woden and Freya. And what we're going to do is we're going to be doing a raven ritual uh, for Woden, and then uh, in the future we're going to be doing a uh, Freya uh, uh, ritual that deals with her and her cats. So that's going to be a very cool ritual to uh, go through and stuff. So we've got that stuff going on. Also, I have a YouTube channel, and it is A Pagan Perspective on YouTube, and I'm going to put a, uh, a link to it in the show notes of this podcast. Go check out my videos. We're gonna, I'm going to be doing some videos on Thelema. Um, I'm going to be doing some invocations to the gods, and we're going to get those on film. Um, and things like that. So check out the YouTube channel. And for those of you that are socially media-minded, please feel free to come and join us. Raven Temple of CX Wicca on Facebook, spelled H-R-A-F-N, and then everything else. And 
we have a great bunch of people. We have people that have found us from outside of the United States to our local folks that attend our events and things like that. But we would love to uh, see you here with us. You know, we've got a lot of information going out and we just have a great time in that space. And we would like encourage you to uh, check it out. Also, uh, if you would like to help to, uh, you know, support the show, we got a link to our Patreon. There's different levels for the Patreon. We're going to be bringing up some merch in the new year. Um, also, I'm going to be opening an Etsy for doing readings and things like that. And also, I am developing some uh, incenses and oils that are based around the idea of the pan the gods and goddesses pantheons. And then, so that means I'll be doing individual uh, scents, putting these things together that make up what I think the smell that would be associated with these gods. And we're going to put that together. So we're going to have all kinds of things available for the public for, uh, you know, that you can use in ritual and stuff like that. Plus, we're going to have uh, polls, videos that you would like to see made, podcasts that you would like to see made. And also for those that would like to consult with me one-on-one -on -one about ritual, um, uh, pagan pastoral counseling, if you have some issues that you want to you know, kind of work through and things like that. You know, I am always, I have a good ear. And, you know, if I can't help you, we will, you know, get you pointed in the right direction. Everybody needs some compassion and love. So I'm up for that and everything. And uh, you can contact me for that. Sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S-93 at hotmail.com for that kind of stuff too. Um and I'm just going to be uh, honest. I'm going to be going through the winter, doing a whole bunch of different stuff. And our next podcast after this, of course, we're doing Thou Art Goddess today. Our next one's going to be Thou Art God, where we talk about the men's mysteries, the energy of Pan and Osiris and Lu and Woden and on and on and on and on. And everything, the what I call the dude energy. And we're going to go through all that. Um, all Everything to find things that are going on and stuff, I will put in the show notes. And I just want to thank all the ladies that are listening. Uh, you know, uh, send me an email or, you know, you can catch me on in, in the Raven Temple page. And let me know what you think. Pass this off to your sisters, your high priestess. Uh, your coven mates, friends, and, and show them, you know, that, that, you know, we understand the idea of, you know, that thou art goddess. We appreciate you. You know, even though I am a man, I appreciate our sisters and our mothers and our crones and, and all of those that have gone before to, you know, they call it the mothers that have gone and, you know, even though they're our ancestors, they're the foundation of our society. And I honor them. And we should all honor them, whether it's in ritual or in our actions of everyday life. So having said that, I'm going to leave you with a pretty fun little tune to shut this thing down. And I just want to bless all the women. And I want to let everyone know out there that thou art goddess. And having said that, 
we're going to leave you something that I think you'll enjoy a whole lot. And I am Reverend Sylvanus Treewalker, the Order of Standing Oak, and Seerfrith, Justice of Raven Temple of CX Wicca. And blessed be, and I will see you in the next podcast episode.